Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 13th of September, with me, Bernadette Anderko. As usual today, we'll be bringing you up to speed with the latest events in the financial markets. Roman Canciani is in the hot seat there today. And Dario Messi is joining the show from Fixed Income Research to bring us up to date on a recent ratings upgrade in the investment grade universe, as well as providing some insights for the crucial forthcoming central bank meetings. But first, I just wanted to bring your attention to the latest Beyond Markets podcast that we've just published and which you can find via your favourite podcast provider. Last week, I had the opportunity to catch up with Norbert Rucker, the head of our macro next generation research, to discuss the latest analyst calls for our market outlook, a fresh perspective into year end. So do take a listen. And if you prefer your podcasts in German, you can listen to Martina Kaut talking to Norbert on the Markt Analysen und Gespräch channel. But now, though, let's crack on with what's been moving markets overnight. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, it's a big day today with one of the two top events of the week. Uh, we've got the US inflation prints for August due at 14.30 uh, this afternoon. But before we get to that, there's some catching up to do. Uh, there's a lot going on in markets. So why don't we start with Germany, where the ZEW indices of economic sentiment were published yesterday. What can you tell us about those? While the current conditions component of the ZEW survey was uh, slightly weaker than expected, the expectations component surprised to the upside, rising for the second month in a row. However, analysts say that the better-than-expected reading is a reflection of the more benign global interest rate and inflation environment rather than an improved view of Germany's manufacturing-dependent economy, which has been under pressure as of late. And Germany is likely to be the only major economy in the world to contract this year, according to a new forecast from the European Commission. Thus, it comes as no surprise that the German stock market was the laggard among its European peers yesterday, losing a bit more than 0.5% in an otherwise mixed environment. With autos, telecom and financials outperforming in Europe and chemicals and real estate the laggards. The UK was the best performing stock market in Europe yesterday, closing 0.4% in the plus on news that the unemployment rate there rose materially. And oil was also making headlines, rising almost 2% on OPEC forecasts of a significant supply shortfall in Q4. Okay, thanks for that. So um, turning to the US now, despite all the hype we had for the IT sector with Apple unveiling its uh, snazzy new titanium iPhone yesterday, there was some bad news for the sector yesterday, wasn't there? So perhaps we should have that first. Speaking about Apple, well, yesterday was Apple's biggest day of the year with the company's Wanderlust event, uh, where it unveiled all the new gadgets for its fan base, including the new iPhone 15 and other products. Surprisingly, the company announced fewer than expected price rises, maybe also in light of the sales slump of its iPhones this year and the backlash in China. Apple stocks uh, closed down about 2% on the day, about in line with the whole tech sector, which was the worst sector in the S&P 500 index yesterday. The overall S&P closed down 0.6% with three out of the index 11 sectors in positive territory. Outperformer uh, was the energy sector, closing more than 2% in the plus on the OPEC news I mentioned before. And as I said also, uh, tech stocks really had a bad trading day, uh, with a software company Oracle plunging more than 13% on worse-than-expected earnings and an underwhelming outlook, driving down the whole tech sector and raising concerns about the sustainability of valuations, with some analysts questioning the ability and timing of the everything AI hype to translate into tangible revenues. Okay, but uh, the Oracle news didn't really come as a surprise to our own analysts, did it? I, I seem to remember a recent note where they said 
that they think is going to take a bit longer for software companies, so longer for software companies than for semiconductor companies, to turn generative AI applications into revenues. Isn't that right? Yes, absolutely. They uh, believe semiconductor companies are front and centre with regard to turning AI into tangible revenues and pretty quick. And uh, speaking of semi-companies and their potential, today is a big day for SoftBank-owned chip designer Arm Limited. Uh, as its highly anticipated initial public offering or the IPO will be priced. Uh, apparently, its shares have been 10 times oversubscribed and it is expected to price at the upper end, if not above, the previously announced range between 47 and 51 US dollars per share. So the first trading day of this biggest IPO this year will be tomorrow. Okay, we'll look forward to that then. Um, but now let's move on towards the overnight action in Asia. What's been going on there? Yes, well, stocks in Asia-Pacific are a bit weaker this morning, uh, less because of domestic news, but rather because of fears of a consensus-beating CPI print in the US this afternoon. However, real estate developers in China rallied on the news that Intrable Country Garden Holdings managed to win support from its creditors to extend repayment on seven of its yuan bonds. Okay, and now you mentioned it at the start. Uh, let's take a look at this uh, US inflation figures for August that are due out. Uh, what should investors be looking at? Well, yes, uh, I'll, I'll leave it to Daria to go a bit deeper overall, but the market is almost 95% certain that those data won't push the Federal Reserve to high grades again next week. It would take a pretty big surprise in today's inflation numbers to change that view. Expectations are for a month-on-month -month change of 0.6% in the headline figure and 0.2% in the core CPI, which excludes food and energy prices. However, the Cleveland Fed's nowcast model uh, suggests some upside risk for the CPI, so markets may be in for a surprise. But fixed income markets have been fairly stable in the run-up to these data. They seem more concerned about a slew of corporates issuing new bonds at the moment, which has driven up yields as of late. At the very moment, 10-year US Treasury yields are trading at 4.29 and two years at 5.03. Otherwise, markets are coping this morning with the latest European Central Bank forecast uh, that inflation in the Eurozone is likely to remain above 3% next year. So the euro is uh, so far rather unaffected, but government bond yields are slightly up. And we've just had gross domestic product data in from the UK for July, and they came in a bit weaker than expected at point, minus 0.5% month on month versus expectations of a smaller minus at 0.2%. Otherwise, it's looking rather quiet in terms of data before the all-important US CPI numbers. So far, trading has been rather muted and on low volumes in Europe. And the US futures point towards a slightly lower opening this afternoon. That's it from me. Thanks so much for such a comprehensive update, Roman. Great to have you on the show today. Thank you. So now, as I promised at the top of the show, we've got uh, Dario here for an update on a ratings upgrade in our bond universe and also some thoughts on those upcoming central bank meetings. Good morning, Dario. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, let's start first with that uh, latest rating change. We already had low investment grade euro bonds on overweight, but I see that you've now upgraded the high grade segment to overweight as well, which in fact mirrors the calls that we've got in US dollars too. So what spurred this upgrade? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we upgraded this segment. Um, look, Euro High Grade is a segment that consists of very uh, strong companies, so strong and healthy balance sheets. And because of that, normally also longer maturities. This means the, the segment offers duration exposure uh, with good credit quality. 
And this again means it is highly or more sensitive to the rate and inflation outlook, but actually less sensitive to credit events, uh, which typically increases uh, quickly when the economy shows issues. So for us, the, the upgrade is just a, a logical consequence of the ECB and the, the economic outlook that we have. Uh, we see clear evidence uh, on leading indicators such as uh, the survey-based ones, but also hard data that economic activity is softening fast now in Europe. And uh, well, the, the ECB should also be able to end the, the hiking cycle rather sooner than later. You've already mentioned the European Central Bank. They've got their meeting tomorrow and they're not going to hike rates in your view. Is that right? Get it through. Uh, we have no further rate hikes in, in our books, yes. Um, but the risk for, for another 25 basis points clearly exists. Uh, it's not a clear cut. It's a very close call, actually. I think we discussed it already also last week in this forum. Um, the ECB operates on under a framework of uh, three pillars. And they look at the incoming inflation first. Uh, they're clearly still too high. Um, they also look at the transmission mechanism of tighter policy. policy. Um, this typically means they look uh, how is credit reacting to this tighter policy. And this, we have to say, is working very well. We see a sharp deterioration of credit dynamics. So we definitely have green light from this angle to, to stop hiking here. And then lastly, it's about their inflation forecast, so their, their own inflation projections. And this might actually be the key element uh, tomorrow to decide uh, for another 25 basis points or not. So it's a close call for, for tomorrow, at least. But in general, we are convinced that the ECB will need to take uh, the, the foot off the brakes in the near futures. Otherwise, the eurozone might fall in a very severe uh, downturn. Okay, so that's tomorrow and Europe out of the way. Let's turn to next week in the US. So today we've got this CPI print in the US and we heard before from Roman that consensus is for 3.6% year on year for core inflation. What does it mean for the Fed though? Is that enough reason to keep rates unchanged? And um, what would we expect from yields today? Yeah, Powell and his team, I mean, they, they said it quite clearly. They are putting full focus on incoming data. So obviously uh, inflation prints are very important. Um, but look at the Fed now, it's uh, very restrictive already. And the path, at least in the near term, uh, the near term path seems to, to actually be clear compared to the ECB. I totally agree here with the Romans assessment that we heard before. Uh, we probably need to see a material upside surprise in the inflation number uh, to see already another uh, rate hike now in September uh, next week. Most FOMC members, they, they really seem to, to be ready now at least to wait a bit and see the full effect of the current stance. Uh, I mean, the Fed Fund's target rate is uh, between uh, five and a quarter and uh, five and a half percent. So it's very restrictive already. So the question is more about how long the Fed will stay at current levels. And this outlook here, I have to say, gets quickly uh, very complicated given the uncertain fiscal outlook uh, that we have, uh, which kind of further complicates the story here. The Fed will need to take this fiscal stance into consideration in their reaction going forward. Um, well, more short term, what does it mean for today? Well, it's CPI day. Uh, more often than not, this normally means that uh, we, we can see or expect quite some volatility for yields. Okay, well, thanks for the insights and the warnings, Dario. It's always good to have you on the show. 
Thank you, Bernadette, for having me. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Um, I'd just like to say thanks again to my guests for contributing and, of course, to you for listening. And please join us again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be here with our experts to guide you through what's moving markets. Meanwhile, good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.